Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Facebook family. This is Christy Saul coming at you live tonight. Standing in for Big Papa Brian Post. Uh, he just sent me a quick text message. Text message. That he is on the road and was not able to jump on for our nightly Post Daily Dose. So... Uh, I get to do it, and that makes me happy. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? Nice to see ya. Uh, I hope some more people jump on and join us. Hello, Mimi. I'm so glad we got to talk today. That was awesome. I uh, see a number three and number four. People are watching. That's awesome. So tonight, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the subconscious, blueprints, and defaults. And so, let's just jump in on this funny little topic. First of all, I just want to throw this in. If we all, hey Amy, good to see you. If we all just pause for a minute. And we know for ourselves that in any given moment, we are doing the best that we can. And what that looks like fluctuates depending on our stress level. How much we've slept, if we've eaten, uh, if we've got 15 million things going on at once, again, stress. So, you know, our self-care will have a big determining factor on what our best looks like. But we are all doing the best we can in any given moment. And I just want to encourage you guys to keep that in your heart and to, to be thankful for the grace of understanding that and offer that grace to others around you and trust that they too are doing the best that they can in any given moment and that the best changes depending on your stress level which then ties into your self-care right so what does that have to do with subconscious uh, blueprints and our defaults well first of all bruce lipton who is one of my absolute favorite neurobiologists, he talks about the fact that we, our subconscious is filtering information from all of our senses at the rate of, if I remember correctly, five billion, five billion bits of data per second. Five billion bits of data per second are being processed by a part of our brain called the subconscious. And the purpose of the subconscious is survival. Everything about our, our makeup, about our biology is all for the purpose of survival. So our subconscious is taking in sights and sounds and smells and temperatures and uh, tactile sensations and tastes and all of these wonderful things are being filtered through our subconscious even though we're not consciously aware of it. It's all happening like you know, I'm not really paying attention to all the things that are around me. I'm sitting in the parking lot at my gym right now and you know, um, but my subconscious is, my subconscious is way aware of it. To the extent even just to talk about the subconscious a little bit, to think about things like uh, phantom limbs, and we know that's a real thing for people who've ha um, who are missing a limb, that the nerve sensations still flow up to the brain and you have phantom itch and phantom pain. There's such a thing as phantom vision. With a person who has low vision or vision difficulties, there's a part of your brain in the primal brain that can still sense things even though maybe your optic nerves or your pupils or whatever in the actual mechanism of your brain of your eyeball may not be functioning properly your brain still has these subconscious aspects 
a vision. And so the subconscious is extremely powerful. In fact, Bruce Lipton also says that over 95% of our interactions are coming from our subconscious. That's a big deal, isn't it? That is a big deal. And so let's talk about a little bit about how the subconscious gets created. Well, the subconscious gets created pre-birth and early life. And so it's collecting information from the world around us, putting it in these files so that we understand the world and how the world functions. And so, you know, for all intents and purposes, you could teach an infant that salt was pepper and pepper was salt. And that would go in their files and that's what they would know of the world until they learned otherwise. And once those blueprints are in there, they're pretty difficult to undo. Um, it takes a lot of awareness. It takes a lot of awareness of what the blueprints even are. It takes a lot of awareness to bring the subconscious to our conscious awareness so that then we can make active decisions of whether or not we want to hang on to these blueprints or whether or not we want to recognize them and shift to have different understandings of how the world really functions. So for example, you know, I grew up in a family I have two older brothers, and then I have my parents. My parents uh, got married. I, my mom was 18, and my dad was 25, because he's seven years older than my mom. Um, they've been married forever. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, they've been faithful to each other for all the years of their marriage. Um, I thought everybody was like that. I thought that's how the world was, because that's... Those are the blueprints I grew up with. Well, so someone who grows up in a family where uh, maybe there's infidelities or maybe there's divorce or there's domestic violence. Well, that's the world. That's their reality. That's the way they think the world is. So these blueprints are significant and they're powerful. Um, when we start thinking about adoption and foster care and you think about the families that your children have come from, their blueprints are significant. They're everything. Just like your blueprints, your ideas about what's right and wrong, how the world op operates and how the world functions and how to navigate the world. Those are your blueprints. Those are not facts. They're just blueprints. They're just coming from your subconscious, from the files that cr were created in approximately, they kind of say zero to about age, somewhere around five, six, those are those are the time frames when the process of developing the subconscious is most active and so what does that have to do with defaults well you know Brian uses the phrase when we stress we regress and so regression I use the term defaults that we all have places all have sort of these dominant stories in our mind these blueprints in our subconscious that become our defaults when we get really stressed and what I find is oftentimes there are very common, we have some very common themes of defaults. For example, one default is feeling victimized. And so when your child is struggling and you begin to personalize it and you feel victimized by your child's behavior, it's very, very likely that that is a default. And when you get stressed out, you will notice that you fall into feeling like a victim and other people are the perpetrator. Don't be scared, that's just a default that likely comes from your pre-birth and earliest life experiences. It could be something that you picked up because maybe you really were victimized. Maybe you were a victim of abuse or neglect. It may be that one of your parents 
felt victimized. Maybe they felt like a victim during their childhood, therefore they have that default. And that default of how to view a situation got handed down to you during those early years. Um, another default often is anger. Same thing. That's how, you know, how do we get these defaults? Um, same way, you know, those blueprints. Maybe that's how someone in your family handled upset emotions. And so every time you have upset emotions, you react or respond with anger because that's your default. And especially when you're stressed and overwhelmed and you're lacking in self-care, then it makes it more difficult for us to respond versus reacting out of those same blueprints and those same defaults. You know, I think especially during the holidays, because those are added stressors, it's really easy for us to slip into those places of regression and those defaults. Perfectionism, that's a default, right? You know, so you have to be perfect. If I can just be perfect enough, then there'll be harmony in the world around us. That's a myth, right? Um, that's a myth that many, many adults experience, especially if there was addiction in their family. It's oftentimes uh, adults who were children who grew up in um, homes where there was addiction present. Oftentimes perfectionism is a default that we as adults then experience because we're, if we can just be perfect enough, then our parents are drunk father or a drunk mother won't be so reactive if we are perfect enough we can stay out of harm's way we won't get hit or we won't get yelled at or we won't get called names by this adult who's in our life um let's see so anger depression can even be a default mechanism again these are just you start looking at common patterns and part of what brought this up is uh there was a uh, video that was posted on our on our feed that brian had created it's really cool but it's talking about how stress emotional dysregulation and stress are underlying components in virtually every psychological disorder and so start looking for these common themes in your life. You start having those, uh, like again, you know, for me, victimization is so easily, uh, it's so easy for me to tap into because that's one of mine. That's one of my default mechanisms. So when I start feeling stressed out and overwhelmed, one of the ways, it's crazy, it's almost backwards, right? You would think I would notice feeling stressed before I noticed the default, but I actually notice my default feelings because that's my immediate like I'm feeling victimized and as soon as I'm like uh, I must be getting stressed out this is getting overwhelming I need to take some deep breaths I need to pray about this I need to turn this over I need to calm down and get myself emotionally regulated because if I'm feeling like a victim then that means I'm viewing somebody else as the perpetrator which then means that I am not seeing them as doing the very best they can in any given moment it also robs me of my ability to have really effective influence because I'm just floundering feeling victimized or I'm floundering feeling depressed I'm floundering feeling angry I'm floundering feeling scared and so, um, you know, I hope that there's something in that. Um, you know, I always say that if there's something, you know, if you find that these, you have these common themes in your world, take some deep breaths and start exploring your early life blueprints. 
go back. Go, when was the first time I felt this? When's the first time I felt this? When's the, when did I feel that before? When did, you know, and you'll notice it's like, oh my gosh, this, this default comes up. All, it's coming up all the time because that's where I go to when I'm stressed out and overwhelmed. Well, so then you start exploring. Well, when you get all the way back to very early childhood experiences and you start be when you start to understand that that's where you can start gaining your power of influence because the first place of power and influence is in your own life so that you're not being drug around by those early life experiences anymore and as as adults as we can do that more often and we can put words to it and we can vocalize the processes that we're in man think about how powerful that is for your child when you start feeling victimized by something that's going on around you and you just pause for a minute and then you say out loud wow I'm feeling really victimized by that but I don't really think they're doing this intentionally to hurt me they've got their own issues going on it doesn't have anything to do with me when you can say that out loud and your child hears that then they too will begin to delve into their own experiences and their own defaults and their own blueprints and their own subconscious processes see that's modeling that's how we how do I handle stress processing it even if it looks like you're talking to yourself by just doing this out loud it starts giving our kids a different understanding of us for one which is huge it puts us in this place of really being able to relate from a much more authentic and transparent place um you know, we've got this this guy who's making memes for us now, and he's taken some quotes that Brian's given in different videos, and man, they're just fabulous. They're gold. So there was one, I think it came up last night, that said, "We have our, you have the right to live consciously with happiness and joy, to live consciously, to live consciously, to not be, to not be kicked around by those old blueprints anymore, to become awakened. To become awakened and when we're conscious and we can take responsibility for our own selves instead of being you know beaten up by those blueprints and dropping into those to those defaults and we start vocalizing about it that's then our kids are really growing right then they're really we really have an opportunity for growth and then you know don't be surprised when your kids reflect things to you like mom you seem really stressed out and to be open to accepting that because when you can accept that feedback from your kids then that also opens the door for them to accept that sort of feedback from you and then we're really you know I, I can remember um, it's probably about two or three years ago um, and you guys know, you know, Marley and, you know, I talk about her health things. And so, anyway, I was helping her get ready for bed. And it was late. And I was tired. And I was stressed. And I was cranky. Because I'm human, just like everybody else, right? And so, I'm fussing at her. Hurry, hurry, get up. Get in here. You know, let's get ready for bed. I am so tired. Blah, 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 blah. And this is what she said. She said, Mom, when you're tired and you try to rush about getting into bed because you're tired, you end up making mistakes and skipping steps. And one, that's dangerous. And two, it ends up making it take longer. She was right. She was 100% on fire with that. And I was absolutely 100% okay. Because if I can't take that kind of feedback from my child, 
how is she going to be able to accept feedback from me, right? So when she said that to me, I just took a deep breath and I said, you know what, baby, you are absolutely right. So I just need to take a deep breath and calm myself down and know that by being calm and focused, it's going to be the best way for us to get through this process of getting to bed. And so, you know, it's just, there's another story about the wisdom of children, you know, and the ability to just be authentic and open our relationships. So I think that's it. I talked about a whole bunch of stuff. If you guys ever get the chance to listen to Bruce Lipton, um, you know, he's quirky, but he is brilliant. And man, he's got all kinds of videos out there on YouTube talking about the subconscious, talking about the power of our thoughts, talking about that retreat reticular activating system that uh, brings back what it is that we're thinking about and what we're focusing on and how that causes it to grow so focus on the good uh, tonight make sure you have making a point to laugh with your child laugh with your family at least once and when you go to bed at night make sure you give huge amounts of attention to all the amazing things that happened in your day I know that there may have been some things that weren't so good, and they're going to get taken care of, but, you know, fill yourself with that joy, and let that be what guides you into your rest and your peace and your sleep. Much love to you guys. Thank you for following us. Oh, 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 <laughs> From Fear to Love is now available in Spanish, both in ebook and uh, in softback, so you can find it on Amazon. So, much love to you guys. Um, again, thanks for following us. Thanks for being a part of the Post Institute family. We love you guys. Take care. <laughs>